But hey, let's get ready, get your notes out. Today we want to talk about, because we started this series on the, a message called The Battle of the Mind. And then last Sunday we talked about the battle for your mind. And we shared with you a four-step process the enemy uses to conquer our mind and destroy us. And, and the first thing is, is this the, the mind of doubt, that he wants to put doubt in your mind of God's love for you and God's plan for your life. And if you allow that to happen, then it moves into the blinded mind. And the blinded mind is where we're blinded to God's promises. We're blinded to his truth. We've got so much doubt. We've embraced the doubt mind that now we're blinded to the truth of God. And if you embrace that one, then it goes to the closed mind. And the closed mind is where we're closed off to anything God wants to say to us. We're closed off to correction. We're closed off to encouragement. We're closed off. Our mind is shut off to any of the promises of God. And if Satan gets you into that one, the next one is the destructive one. And that's the the, um, depraved mind, the reprobate mind. And that means no boundaries. That, That Satan has this where we have no, how many knows when there's no boundaries in your mind, it can go to some dark places. And, and we share with you the process the enemy uses to conquer our mind last Sunday. Today, I want to go on the very opposite side of that, and I want to talk to you about dwell on these things. Get your notes out. Let's go to our scripture now, okay? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And here's our text. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we've shared with you every Sunday about these four words. He says, do not be conformed. Don't don't be conformed, which means to comply or act in agreement with the world. Don't be in agreement or comply with the mindset of the world. But be transformed, which means to change the condition, the character, or the foundation of. He's saying don't conform with the mindset of the world, but you be transformed. Change the condition, the foundation, the character of what and how? By the renewing, which means to make fresh, to make new again, to reestablish. How many know sometimes you got to reestablish your thinking? To, to come back and renew and make fresh again, what? My mind. And my mind is a way of thinking, a way of feeling. It's my disposition. It's the substance or process that makes me reason, think, feel, perceive, or judge. And God says, if you're going to be that person I've called you to be, you can no longer conform to this world. You can't think like them. But you've got to start over and, and, and let me renew your mind. Come in and establish a new way of thinking. And so understanding that, I want to talk to you out of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It's in your notes. It said, let this mind, let this mind, what mind? Let it be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That we begin to think like Jesus thinks. That we begin to allow his mind to come in and begin to operate and control our mind. You see, it is the ability to control the thought pattern. How many realize this? You have a pattern of thinking. All of us have an established pattern of thinking. We think this way whenever things going good, and we have a pattern. But you let a crisis hit, and we go right back into the same negative pattern every time. It's not new. It's a pattern. Come on, am I right about it? And, and we've got to realize that the ability to control the thought pattern of the mind 
It is that that separates those who live a victorious life from those who can only hope and dream of living a life of joy and peace. When we understand that we establish a pattern of thinking like Jesus thinks because the battle's in the mind. What we allow to be filtered through our five senses that God gave us, the, the, the sight, the hearing, the feeling, the touching, the tasting, what we allow to enter our senses has a direct impact on our mind and becomes the deciding factor of our attitude and our actions at any given moment. And I want to talk to you today about these five senses and how they affect our mind and how we've got to learn how to dwell on these things rather than those things that the enemy has brought to bring destruction and defeat into our life. So get your notes out and go with me. So how do I win the mind game? How many wants to know how to win? How do I win the mind game? Number one, you must think positive thoughts. As a man thinks, so is he. Go to Philippians. With me, it's all in your notes. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, do what? Think about such things. And we've got to come and realize today that, that we are geared to think negative thoughts. Society and life has taught us to think negative. There was a weather report given today. They did not say there was 80% chance of sunshine. Rather, they told you there was 20% chance of rain. So we've already got the mindset it's going to rain because that's what they talked about. And wouldn't you think that if there's a larger percent of sunshine, that's what they would be saying rather than the minor percent of rain. And life has taught us to look for the negative rather than the positive. And if you do not consciously and intentionally think positive thoughts, the negative will always take priority over the positive in our life. We will think Murphy's Law. What can go wrong rather than what can go right today is going to go right. This is the day God's made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it today. There's miracles coming my way today. There's breakthroughs coming my way today. There's joy coming into my life today. The blessings of heaven's upon. I'm blessed and highly favored in the Lord. No weapon formed against me today can prosper. He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity, chastisement of my peace was placed upon him by his stripes. I don't have to believe that doctor's report, but by his stripes I am already healed in Jesus' name. I've got to think positive thoughts. And he said, dwell on these things. What did he say? He said, dwell on what's true. And the word truth there means the word. What does God's word declare over you? Dwell on that. Whatever's noble, that means what's very good or excellent. I'm blessed and highly favored today. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I'm a victor, I'm not a victim. That I begin to dwell on these things. He said, dwell on that that's just which means morally right and fair. He said, whatever's pure, that means free from defilement, that, that's innocent. Whatever's lovely, that means whatever's charming and beautiful. Some of you need to quit dwelling on the ugly and start dwelling on the beautiful that God's doing in your life because of every crisis you face, God's already done tear and breakthroughs for you. Dwell on the good things in life. Dwell on a good report, whatever's of a good report. Anybody in here got a testimony to tell? 
of God's faithfulness in your life. You can't live on just what you're going through today. You got to start living on what he did yesterday and the day before and the day before and the week before. Dwell on, there's some good reports in this house. I said, there's some good reports in this house. He said, dwell on these things. There's any virtue, which means high moral standards, anything praiseworthy, that's anything that demands our praise to God for. And I'm just going to ask you one more time so I can move on. God done anything for anyone in this place that deserves our praise today? That, that's what God says our mind needs to be on. Not what's going wrong today, but what's he's already done right before I ever got to today. He said, dwell on these things. Meditate, think on these things. And we must take a deliberate action. It has to be a deliberate conscience action that we take authority over where our mind's going and that today I'm going to think on positive thoughts, not negative ones. Because anybody in here going through some stuff besides me, and boy, your mind can go left field fast, can it? What's going wrong next? What's going wrong now? How do I fix this? How do I change that? How do I get a breakthrough here? How do I make that happen? I've got to do something. And we get into that negative mindset. No, we got to step up. He said, if there's anything praiseworthy in your life, anything I've done good in your life, you're blessed and highly favored in the Lord. You had air to breathe when you got up this morning. You woke up in a house that had a roof over your head. You turned a key on a car that would crank. You came to a place where you could worship God without somebody coming in with a knife and cutting your throat. You're blessed today. I said, you're blessed today. He said, think about these things. Dwell on them. Think positive thoughts. Number two is you got to hear positive sounds. You got to be careful what you let your ears hear. The prophet Isaiah put it like this. Then it was revealed in my hearing. It was revealed in my hearing. God wants you to be careful what you let in your ears. It was revealed in my hearing by the Lord of hosts. Ecclesiastes 7.21. I love that. Do not pay attention to every word people say. Some of you need to get some people out of your ear. I'm going to say that again. Some of you need to get the wrong people out of your ear. You're listening to people whose ship already sunk for counsel trying to save yours from sinking. They done kicked the dog out of their house. They don't want your marriage going. Mad people want you mad. Broke people want you broke. Do not pay attention to every word people say or you may hear your servant cursing you. You got to guard what you let in your ears. We allow, and what we allow in our ears has a direct effect on the root of our mind. What we hear, gossip, filth, critical, negative conversations, they poison our mind. And I don't mind saying this because I say it all the time. I tell people personally, I don't owe you my joy. I don't owe you my peace. I'm not giving it up. I work too hard to get it. No, you want to be miserable? then you're going to be it by yourself. I'm not joining you. You want to be empty? I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not getting in your camp. And you ain't coming in mine. I thought you was a Christian. I am a happy one. I'm going to stay that way. All right? And, and you got to guard your ears to who you're letting speak. You can be friends with the world, but you got to guard who you let speak in your ear. 
You got to be careful with this. You see, as long as you allow others to speak negative words into your ears, you're pacifying the enemy. Stop allowing others to manipulate your friendship. Stop allowing others to destroy your marriage by their words. Stop allowing others to break down your family, to steal your dreams, to steal your value and your worth by telling you what you're not. You got to shut your ears off to that. I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. That has nothing to do with what I'm facing today. God's promises are yea and amen in my life. And regardless of the crisis I may face today, I'm not letting you bring doubt. I'm not letting somebody bring doubt. I'm not letting that person that wants to live in fear and doubt come and poison my camp. I've got to guard my ears and make sure that the words that are penetrating my ears are words that are motivating me, encouraging me, increasing my faith, causing me to believe more for God's breakthrough in my life. You've got to guard your ears and protect yourself from the negative words. Some of you need to clean house and close the door behind them. This is good preaching. (laughs) Some of you need to clean house to some people. I call them the crazies. You need to get some crazies out of your life. You do. You need to discern who God sent in your world for you to save and who Satan sent in your world to destroy you. And you need to sweep the crazies right out your front door and shut the door and don't let them back in your mind. Because they're not there for you to save. They're there to destroy you and steal your faith in God. you got to identify those and don't let them speak into your world. Surround yourself with positive people who will speak encouragement to you, that will pick you up when you're down. It's going to tell you God's going to make a way when you don't see that there's a way. You don't even believe it anymore. And so God's going to send you somebody that's going to remind you, I know you're down, but I've come to pick you up. I know you don't get it, but I've got you. I know you don't see it right now, but I'm holding you in the palm of your hand. God's got you. He's got your back. He's going to carry you through. He's going to pick you up. He's going to wake a, make a way. He's still the way maker that can turn nothing into something. He can take a dope addict and make him a doctor, a prostitute and make him pure. He can take a sinner and make him a saint. He can take nothing and make it into something. He can bring finances into your life out of nowhere. He can bring healing when medical science says it can't take place. He can do anything he wants to do because he's God. You need somebody speaking in your ear that can bring you back to a place of hope and faith. Get rid of the negative voices and let somebody speak into your ear hope, encouragement, and faith because God still has destiny and purpose for your life. Guard your ears. Matthew, look at what he says. I love it. But he who received the seed on stony places, where's that? Dry places in our life. Anybody been there besides me? I mean, when your ground's dry, man, it's like God has to do double time to break through. Come on, anybody? He says, but, 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 there's but. But he who received the seed on a stony place in a dry time, this is he who hears the word, hears the word, and immediately receives it with joy. I got the word I need. God drops that word into my spirit. Number three is you must see positive sights. What you let your eyes focus on is like a snapshot that gets into your brain and doesn't go away. You got to watch what your eyes, the sense of our eyes, what they see. In Hebrews 12, 2, what does it say? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the beginner, the starter, and the perfecter of our faith, fixing our eyes on him. And when your eyes are locked on Jesus, they're locked on his promises too. 
In Matthew 6, 22, I love this. The eye is a lamp of the body. The eye is a lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, what you're looking at, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are healthy, the rest of you is healthy with it. But if your eyes are always looking on the negative, always looking on the doctor report, not the word of God, always looking at the bank's report, not God's promises, always looking at the counselor's report rather than the great physician and the counselor of heaven. If your eyes are looking at man's report and not God's report, then your whole body is unhealthy. You're just making it. You're in survivor mode. But if my eyes are fixed, on the promises of God's word and everything that he gave me, then everything about me is healthy. And I'm gonna wake up today in the darkest hour of my life. I'm gonna wake up and raise a hand to heaven and say, I don't understand it and I may not get it, but I've got a promise and a covenant with heaven today that you're gonna come through in my dark hour. You're gonna pick me up when no one else can. You're gonna walk me through the fire. You're gonna carry me across the ocean. No valley too low, no mountain too high that your hand came find me, reach me, and pick me up. And there's a victory waiting for me in my life. That's the promise of God. You got to be careful what you see. Can I just say this? You need to write this down. You need to stop looking for symptoms of your crisis and start looking for signs of your breakthrough. You need to stop looking for symptoms and start looking for signs. Stop looking for symptoms of your divorce and your marriage falling apart. Stop looking for symptoms of that disease the doctor says you have. Stop looking for symptoms of your finances going broke and start looking for signs that God just did a miracle to let me know he's bringing me through. I just saw a sign of the healing that I've been waiting for. It may not all be here yet, but it's coming because I just got a sign. You got to start looking for something good in your spouse rather than something bad all the time. You got to start looking for the favor of God on your life, not the curses of the enemy. You got to stop. Stop looking for symptoms and start looking for signs. Be careful where your eyes focus. When our son Tommy was in his accident four years ago, he's here somewhere. There he is, you know, in chain shirts. He's there. Oh, he was an usher last. Okay, I got you. He's looking for a girl, so he took the shirt off. Anyway, uh, if you're single and somewhere in your 20s, please see him. We need him. We need that boy married bad, all right? He's got money and two cars, so... And a house, so go, go get him if you're single. All right. I don't know where that come from, but it wasn't God. Anyway, <clears throat> but Tommy, our son, was in a motorcycle accident. His brain was sheared in half. Zero chance to live for 24 days. Told us to turn him off. He was zero chance, totally brain dead. Right side of his face, phase four crushing. It's going to take a lifetime of surgery to repair it. His insides were all ripped out, left his chest cavity open for weeks. His right leg was severed in half, crushed to half. He was there. He was dead. And what we saw was death. But what we saw on the other side was a promise. He shall not die, but he shall live and declare the works of the Lord. 
And you've got to guard what you let your eyes see. You can't just go because the doctor's report says it's incurable. You can't go because the doctor's report says there's no hope. you got to stand on that promise of God's word and let your eyes come back over here that says, no, he shall not die, but he shall live, and he will declare the works of the Lord. I was old, now I'm, I was young, but now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed out begging for bread. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was placed upon him but by his stripes I am and always will be healed you've got to watch what you put your eyes on be careful what you let your eyes see stop looking for the symptoms some of you need to quit googling stuff you get on that google you're dead I mean you didn't have one now you got 30 diseases I'm serious we have to battle that now in our situation because it'll, it'll ruin you because you're just looking forever. I mean, nah, you're dead. You ain't got a chance. You need to be careful what you let your eyes focus on because what you see gets into your mind, gets into your heart. And, and, and I don't want to go any further than this, but this week we got a very disturbing phone call on my grandson. If you're a guest, our grandson Brad Nash is here and I want to violate anything and... and uh, our little grandson, my grandson was diagnosed in October, severe brain damage, and now they're saying that there's possibility of some other things on top of that. And this week we got the phone call that nobody wanted to get and, and the potential of something very negative, and, and it, it knocked the breath out of us, just totally knocked the breath of us. We got together at the house and Thursday morning and, and prayed, and, and uh, I, I had an appointment over in uh, close to Panama City Thursday evening. I drove over that way, and I'm on Interstate 10, and I'm praying and, and I'm asking God, I said, God, I, you know, you said in your word that it's an adulterous generation that seeks for a sign. I said, I'm not looking for a sign to believe in you. That's already been done. I believe you can do anything. I said, but I'm asking you, will you just let me see something? Let my eyes see something that just lets me know that you're looking down upon us and that you've got this. I just need something. Let me see something that we just know. And I turned right off of Interstate 10 to 331 within three minutes of praying that prayer, and here's what I saw. The clouds was as dark as night, and I hadn't prayed three minutes, and I said, God, will you just let me see something that will let me know you're looking down upon us. And before my eyes, I'm standing here as a witness, I watched the clouds open in front of me, and I watched this beam of light come from heaven to earth. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, you ask, there it is. You want to see it? I've got you. I've got this. Trust me, I've got this. And we've got to guard what we let our eyes see. Let our eyes stay focused on the promises of God in our life. Come on, can I get an amen on that? Amen. Next, you've got to speak positive words. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You've got to speak positive words. The psalmist put it like this. And please don't go to Brad and Ashley and ask them a thousand questions. So please don't do that, okay? They, we're we're going to make it. All right? We're asking you to pray with us, pray for our family, pray for Jabin. But I just believe God's setting up another miracle to defy medicine. That's just, I, that's just where I'm at and I'm staying there. Amen, all right? And so, but let's look at this. We've got to speak positive words. Watch your words because from the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaks. Watch this. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all of his wondrous works. Let our mouth declare the wonderful works of God. Sing to him. Declare to him. Come on, I'm going to ask you again. God, has he done anything good for anybody in here? And he says, come on, talk about that. Let, let that be your words. If he never did another good thing for me, these bones will praise him from the grave because he's already been so good up to now. Talk about these things. Ephesians, watch this. Ephesians, Apostle Paul says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification? Guard your mouth. Guard the words that you speak. Don't, don't let any corrupt word. And boy, do we have to guard on that today, don't we? He says, don't, don't let corrupt words, don't let destructive words come out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification? What's going to build up your spouse? What's going to build up your children? What's going to build up your friends? What's going to build up your church? What's going to build up the people on your job and in your school? Let those come out of your mouth that it may impart grace to those that are hearing. Guard your words. Guard the words that you speak. Guard what's coming out of your mouth. It tells what's in your heart. I've had folks, they've, they've let a whole lot of stuff and guilty. We've all done it. And then they go, Pastor, that wasn't me. That wasn't, oh, yeah, it was. I was there. I saw you. It was you. That's not really me. It, it, it is you right now because from the abundance of your heart, you just spoke. We've got to guard our words because our words are declaring what's in our heart. And so... What, what type of atmosphere are you establishing for yourself and others with your words? Are they positive or negative? Are your words building up or are they tearing down? Are your words increasing faith or are they establishing doubt in others? Jesus declared that our tongue has the ability to speak life or death. What are you speaking over your spouse? What are you speaking over your children? What are you speaking over your family, your friends, your church, our city, our nation? What, what are our words doing? we got to guard our words. Matthew 15, 11 puts it like this. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. we got to guard our words. Are you all with me today? Is this helping? you got to be careful because what you speak is what you're releasing into your home. What you speak over your children. Well, why'd you get a B when you could have got an A, dummy? It's been a whole lot better if you congratulated on the B and motivated to the A. That, that we guard our words, that we make sure our words are edifying, building up, not tearing down. And then we must perform positive deeds. Perform positive deeds. Colossians. Apostle Paul again says, And whatever you do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord and not unto man. You see, what is the motivation behind my actions? Why I do something is just as important as me doing it. Why I'm doing what I do. Why do I want to stand up here and preach to you? Is it so you can see me? You can believe that, ain't it? All right? 
No, I do this because it's what I'm called and created to do. I want to motivate you. I want to encourage you. I want to equip you with the word of God as your pastor that you can walk out of here and win this mind of the battle of the mind and, and win life in general and win with your marriage and win with your children and fulfill God's purpose in your life on this earth. That's why I get up here every Sunday. I love doing what I do, though I'm not the best at it. I'm going to keep trying to get better. You know what I mean? But we've got to come and realize today that you've got to perform positive deeds do it as unto the Lord everything that we do Jesus said by simple acts of kindness remember I did a whole series on that where he said we're a light set on the hill it's not to be hid but it lights up a city and then he said and by your your deeds of kindness your acts of kindness by doing good deeds the scripture said people will see your good works and glorify your father that's in heaven that that world, they don't want to hear your sermon right now. They want to see something. They want to see an act of kindness. And when we perform acts of kindness, and by the way, your giving, that extra giving that you do above your tithe that we're talking to you about, because our goal is to give 104,000 emissions this year. That can I tell you this week, just because of your extra giving, there's a team. We've got a team going to Peru uh, in a couple weeks, and one team's there right now. And we found out there was a children's home of, of uh, orphans that had no shoes, and they were saying, We want some Nikes. And you bought $500 worth of Nikes for some children in a children's home in Peru, and they're getting their shoes next week. So give yourself a hand for, and, and you just made it an awesome time for some kids, and we got a good deal on them. Amen. All right? And, but what is that? It's just showing some acts of kindness. We have our something extra to show you God loves you little cards out there. And we get calls now from different people, and they're like, I, I, I was at McDonald's, and, and someone from your church paid for my meal, and they gave me this card, and it just says something extra to show you God loves you. That's pretty cool. And, and, and we're getting people in laundromats letting us know. I, I was in the laundromat, and someone from this church came in with this something extra card, and they gave me a baggie of quarters and just said something extra to show you that God loves you. And, and this is wild. No one's ever done anything like that for me before. And what is God saying? He's saying just do some good deeds, man. Just do some positive works. Just go out. Why is that? How does that affect the mind? Because when you're doing good deeds, you have a healthy mind. When my mind is focused on serving others, I'm healthy. When my mind is always on me, it's usually a sign that I'm not healthy spiritually. And we've got to come and realize that, that when our mind is consumed only with our struggles, we forget to impact those around us. It's only a matter of time before we lose the mind game. If your mind is always focused on you and your crisis, you're going to lose the mind game. But when your mind is set on ministering to other people, in ways that you can and impacting their life with positive deeds, then all of a sudden you rise up and your mind becomes healthy and you win the mind game. And last of all, and I close with this, you've got to attend positive places. You've got to attend positive places. The psalmist put it like this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Have you noticed the only place that people wants to put time issues on anything's church? <laughs> ah, that church is long. They don't say that here because we're short now. But I sure do want to go long some Sundays. The hardest thing for me is to put this thing in 35 to 40 minutes. 
But isn't it amazing? The church is one thing. Everybody's like, That's not that. you, they don't do that at shopping. My wife don't. And I know my daughters and daughter-in-law don't. They don't do that. We get in the ball game, we're not doing that. We're at the gym, we're not doing that. We're in the hunting stand, we're not doing that. We get to church. But I just want to stand up here today and say, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord that I get to come and meet you at church and glorify him with my family and let him and the world know that I belong to his kingdom and I'm connected with a great group of people. Come on, can we give him praise for that? But let, let me wrap this up because you got to guard where you go because where you go is what you are. Where you go is what you are. Where you spend your time determines who and what you're becoming. Do not put yourself in a negative, destructive environment and expect positive results. Do not let yourself and set yourself up for failure by going to the wrong places. You know, you know, you know if you go to so-and-so's place, you're going to get high tonight. Don't go. You know, you know if you stop at so-and-so's apartment, you're going to have sex out of your marriage and you're going to violate the word of God. Don't go. You know, you know if you stop at such and such bar on your way home from work, you're going to get wasted and not make it home from work. Don't go. Well, good preaching. You see, decisions are made in the mind before they're ever manifested in action. Come on, you with me? And you've got to make a conscious decision on where you're going. Because where you go, people see. And what they see, they perceive. And what they perceive, it's a fact to them. I've never tasted a beer in my life, never tasted alcohol. I've never tasted a wrong, an illegal drug. I've had one lady in my life, my whole life. Very blessed for that. But I was a designated driver for a whole lot of people in high school. I was very popular in high school. Very popular. Played ball. And I'd go to parties to drive people home, literally. But I'd have people come up to me sometime and go, Ooh, I saw you Friday night. You were wasted. I ain't wasted. I ain't even tasted of nothing. Oh, I saw you. You see where I was. Defined who I was. And it woke me up that I, even though I'm trying to do a good deed, I can't be there. Because where I am is who I am in the eyes of the world. You got to guard your testimony by guarding where you go. Find yourself in positive places. So the people you hang with, the places you go, the focuses of your thoughts have a direct impact on your life. And whether you live one of conflict and struggle or whether you live one of joy and peace is going to be determined by these. And here they are before we close. Number one, you got to think positive thoughts, you've got to hear positive sounds. See positive sights, speak positive words, perform positive deeds, and attend positive places. And when you win those, you win the mind game. Next Sunday, you don't want to miss it because I'm going to talk to you on part four on how to destroy discouragement. Anybody in here been attacked by discouragement? Well, next week, we're going to tell you how to beat that thing in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Come on. You received God's word today? receive God's word. Amen. Bow your heads with me.
Let me pray over you today. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for the simplicity and yet the power of your word today. And Father, I pray over every person in this room that, Father, those that that you had a word today that spoke to their heart, a certain area or areas of our lives, God, that you're dealing with and you're correcting, I pray you let our hearts be open to receive, God, the loving correction of our Heavenly Father that you're trying to save us, deliver us, and help us to win the mind game. So, Father, I declare your word over every life here today. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I don't know Jesus right now. I don't know him as my Savior. I don't know him as my Lord. I know he's real and I know he loves me. But today, will you pray for me? If that's you right now, would you just lift a hand where you sit? You can put it right back down. I'm not going to come to you or point you out. I just want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. I'm ready for a change, Pastor. Ready to make a decision today. I need Jesus in my life. Pray for me. Anyone else? Very quickly, before we pray with these that have raised their hand. If you raise your hand or you did not, and you need Jesus in your life today, will you pray this prayer? And we're going to pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you right now into my heart as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You join me and let's congratulate these that have prayed today.